Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Fairby. Hi, this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes! Ladies and gentlemen, the Philadelphia Flyers have hired a coach. Ah! It's finally happened. It's, well, it's almost six months since the Flyers have had a head coach, and by golly, we're here to talk about it, and it's the three of us. It's not just me and Aunt bickering like a married couple. No, no. The man of the house has returned. Bundy is here. Welcome him in. Bundy, it's been a little bit since we talked. Yeah. Find him on Twitter, at Cetarian6. How are you doing today, I'm fella? doing good, guys. Good to be back with you. I know I had a. Uh, we talked a little bit after Ice Wars, but uh, just letting you know before we get into this, we will be having another event. It will be announced probably next week, and it will be before the end of the summer. So uh, I'm excited again to get back calling it uh, just a, a great event, and I know we'll have some stuff to talk about with you guys as well about what we're going to be doing with that moving into the future. I'm, so, I'm wondering, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if yeah, you know, you're going now with with the new haircut to try and, you know, grow out like a rat tail on the back or you're going to go with the uh, you, you know, go with something there to be kind of more indicative of what the guys look like in Ice Wars, huh? Yeah, you know, you don't well we 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 encourage our guys there not to be pulling hair at all, Anthony, so but I want to at least set the bar with a nice tight summer dew. Uh, you know, it's good. There's, I don't. I had that long thing before, and I just got tired of getting called a yeah, greaseball. You, you had a mullet at one point, didn't you, in your career? I had a, I, I, you know, I like to say I had a mullet in like '95 to like '97, and then I had yeah. like the long logo in a couple of years ago. Some people may have de- defined it as a mullet. I didn't, however. Right. Uh, but it's all eyes, and, uh, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of, I just, you know. The people who are watching on the Crossing Broad YouTube channel, of course, you can go there and you can watch every episode uh, and look at our glowing faces and, you know, watch as we uh, make nonverbal cues to each other about how we really feel. Um, I know mine's growing in a little bit here, but I'm pretty sure Bundy went to the barber and said, uh, give me the rust joy. <laughs> now, <laughs> let me just say that, um, well, the other guy on the show is one who can't pull off the rust joy or the Bundy haircut. And that, of course, is the follically challenge. Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter at Sanfilly. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Couldn't be a better week for me, guys. Just, yeah, you know, just another week, just another week writing about hockey and getting everybody complaining that what I'm writing is not true, even though it turns out to, in the end, be true. But that's okay, no problem. I'll just sit here, keep doing what I do. So we we do need to talk about that because, um, well, when we're recording this, it's just ahead of the uh, virtual press conference that the Flyers have called uh, to celebrate the hiring of John Tortorella as head coach. Uh, just off the top here, I think we can say that if there is a coach available or there was a coach available who pretty much personified what it would be to be a Flyers head coach and to kind of understand Philadelphia, you might not have a better candidate out there than John Tortorella. And we're going to dive into a bunch of stuff here uh, about the hire, how we feel about it in the entire process and all that. But there is uh, a very interesting thing that has happened here. And if you live on Twitter like, uh, like we do – you'll notice that there's a lot of different information coming out, and I would best describe it as damage control uh, in a sense. And there are some people who have been getting fed some information here in uh, the last day or so, and I know where it came from, and it's just kind of, ah, it's not exactly right. So, Ant, you're the one who you know put out, uh, Kevin Weeks was the one who first reported that the Flyers had you know made the the offer to John Tortorella. You confirmed it, and then 
you added a bit of background as you tend to do. You talk to your little birds that like to fly in and, you know, sing their beautiful songs in your ear. And it seems like the the picture that was painted in your post over on crossingbroad.com, which you have since updated, is that maybe the hiring process didn't follow the traditional model for hiring a coach in the city of Philadelphia. So let's start. Yeah, sure. What was different about this hiring process versus like the Elaine Vino yeah. hiring or any of yeah, the ones what, what was different, Russ? And, and it's, it was different from anything we've seen in Philadelphia. But I want to point out, at least off the top, that it, it's not different than what's going on maybe in a few other sports and, and, and other cities. What has started to happen, I think, and especially in the NFL, maybe more than anywhere else, this, this takes place. Um, but what, what teams are doing now is they're starting to bring in an outside, quote unquote, and I say that in this case uh, even more so, independent agency um, that is supposed to come in and, you know, kind of, you know, kind of guide things, kind of do some vetting, kind of, you know, let's look at what's best for the city, best for the team, you know, what would be a great fit, help from a lot of perspectives, not just, I mean, obviously you're going to make your decisions on, you know, what's going to be best for you on the field, on the ice, on the court. Um, but at the same time, we'll, we'll provide you with some information with how, how will this look, how, what will be the optics of this hire, how will this play publicly, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of like a collaborative effort um, in, in a sense. And so the Flyers, um, under the, the guidance of, of Dave Scott on this one, um, decided to hire a company um, called the Coaches Agency. Now, the Coaches Agency uh, is run by uh, a guy named Neil Glassberg. Neil Glassberg. Um, is a coach's agent uh, in the NHL um, and, and other uh, other Currently? places as well. Um, he has clients. Yes, he has clients because he also because he also owns okay. a company called PBI Sports Entertainment, and PBI Sports Entertainment is the company that has coaches as clients. Some of his clients include Mike Sullivan, who's the coach of the of the Penguins, and Gerard Gallant, who's the coach of the Rangers, um, and some assistant coaches as well. I mean, uh, just for what I put in the story so people would know would be Mark Recchi, obviously former Flyer. Um, he was an assistant coach with New Jersey before he got let go. And former Flyers interim coach Scott Gordon uh, was also a PBI client. And there's a few others um, that were PBI clients that people would probably recognize. Anyway, so... The- so, Ant, can I interject here really quick? So, so this guy owns an agency that is meant to um, help teams identify candidates yes. while simultaneously serving as an agent. Whoa. So... Um, Language. How do language I get this thing? So, Where do I get a job like that? So, dude, I gotta call I, this guy. That's the greatest go gig going in all of sports. I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna curse on this episode. Oh my god! What? Like, wait a second. So, there's something called the conflict of interest. Oh. Now, I assume this guy's an intelligent human being, and so there's a way. There must be a legal maneuvering. But you're telling me that a team, and this is not to shit on the Flyers. I'm gonna be very clear. Because the Anaheim Ducks and the Vancouver Canucks are currently listed as clients of the coaches agency. But again, we're talking about a company that gets brought in by teams in the NHL to advise candidates while the guy who runs it represents coaches. So um, this, is an, this is a bigger that's yeah, this is a bigger this, this is a bigger conflict of interest issue I think for the NHL and for really for for any sport I mean I think it's the same thing well, in the NFL but that's why so many coaches get recycled there I, I think it's an issue in sports I don't think this is a Flyers thing I don't want, I want to make be perfectly clear no no I'm not saying this it's is the not a Flyers fault. the Flyers dude something wrong here this is not that this is more a this is the NHL's 
concern, right? And Bundy, go ahead. I know you wanted to say something. Well, I was just, I just, when you, when you said it and laid it out, it was almost like it's like a triple dip. It would be like me trying, like, let's say you came to me, right? Ross or Anthony said, hey, Bundy, you don't want to get into uh, radio. I'm just, I'm making this up. So I go over to 97.5 as a representative of you, but 97.5 wants to vet the people they have coming in too, right? To make sure there's no skeletons in the closet. I'm assuming this has a lot to do with the Chicago mess. Uh, with the coaching thing we get at, that took place sure. in the fall. So it would be like me going to the brass. The brass hires me as, a, as somebody to vet Anthony Sanfilippo or Russ Joy. Meanwhile, I'm representing Russ Joy and Anthony Sanfilippo. What I can then do is slice and cut everybody else out of the pie except leave my guys in. What a beautiful gig that is. That is unbelievable. And you're right. That's an NHL thing because it, does def- it, it doesn't mean – listen – you could have paid me whatever you paid them to come in and tell you John Tortorella would do a good job here. They probably could have saved a lot of money doing it. But again, I need to understand this more, Anthony. That is unbelievable if that really is what went on. Yeah, well, it is. So it certainly and, did. And let me, let me just add this. Now, obviously, in this case, in this instance, John Tortorella is not a client, not a PBI client. Okay. However, Neil Glassberg was his agent when he was in Columbus. <laughs> And when he was in Vancouver, and up until a year ago, oh, up until good. a year ago, he, he hired Glassberg in 2016, is what I can find. And up until May of last year, let me just pull up the search I just pulled. So May of last year, what was the outlet? Uh, May 23rd, there was an article about Gallant and about his agent and about how uh, Tortorella was listed as a client. So we're talking about just over a year ago, Tortorella was still uh, employing Glassberg as an agent. I was, I was actually, I was actually, Again, to- by I was the way, actually. This to- is also not to crap. I was on actually John- told though. I know, I know that's what what was what you read. I was actually told that Tortorella had let him go before that. Um, and maybe maybe just okay. didn't update his site before. But I but it's I think it's been okay. over a year that that they've been separated. Um, needless to say, there were four finalists for this job. Apparently, okay. Uh, the others, obviously, Barry Trotz, um, Peter DeBoer um, was 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 uh, his name came out, and more recently, and I give this credit to um, to Elliot Friedman because he reported it um, on uh, Jeff Merrick's podcast and said Jack Capuano was a finalist. Jack Capuano, former Islanders coach, um, actually when they sucked. I mean, but that, but he was actually a pretty decent coach for a bad team. Okay, but. Um, Always, always would be a good assistant coach possibility. Jack Capuano, yeah. former. Yeah, I roomed, I roomed with his cousin Dean at Providence. I know the whole family; they're yeah. great people. Yeah, I liked him yeah. too. I For, actually, but, that's, that's outside the box. I like that. Yeah, but and, another and former. Repeat the part that you kind of yeah, tailed off on Former PBI there. client as well. Jack oh, Capuano. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, interesting to say. I mean, so so in this case, there was not a conflict of interest in the hiring of. of John Tortorella for the Flyers, but there is a relation. There was a there was a client agent relationship there in the past. I, so yeah, I just think well, it's, I just think it's interesting, right? I mean, to point these what, things out. What I'm thinking, Anthony, is not so much how many guys were brought into the fray by this company, how many guys were discouraged of interviews. That's that could be too. That's what I'm the most concerned of is what guys are out there. I mean, there's a whole changing guard in the NHL of their hirings and who they want in. And when I hear something like this, my first thought is, okay, the collusion is great for the guy who gets hired, right? Like not, I'm just gonna tell everybody now, 
my my agent when I played was Pat Morris and Donnie Meehan from Newport Sports Management in Toronto. They represented me my entire career. Uh, after I was retired, they stopped representing me. But I got news for you. I could pick up the phone at any second right now, and they would do a deal for me for anything I was trying to do if it made sense. So those relationships are not really broken. What I am concerned with, though, is former peers of mine uh, that I don't know of. I don't know. I want to find out more if there's been guys blackballed out of jobs due to favoritism. That's the first thing that comes into my, my mind is when I hear a story like this. I hope former players that are looking for employment in the league or have done their time I'm getting sandwiched by someone like this, and I'd love to find out from the league what the deal is. It sounds like they got some splaining to do. Yeah. Well, there have been murmurings in the past about agencies like this uh, potentially kind of pers- uh, not, not blackballing, at least to the team, but perhaps not passing along those names. That's what I mean. To future right. employees. All you got to do is not and say so- their name. Right. Right. Yeah, and, and that, that in and of itself is a whole other problem. And here, let's just add one layer to this. So in order for an agency like this to be hired by a team, one has to think, and especially for them to be able to publicly list a team as a client, one would assume that the NHL has, in some way, shape, or form, approved of this agency working with an NHL team. So I guess my, my issue, right, again, and ver- let's be very clear. We'll talk about John Tortorella in a second. We're not saying this is Tortorella's right. fault. We're not trying to get off to that to that start with John Tortorella. But if the league conceptually approved of a uh, company like this coming in and working with the with the Flyers, right, then that means that the league is also aware that there could potentially be conflicts of interest. Um, and I feel like this story has a lot more to it and is going to continue to have a lot more to it and I would not be surprised if more comes out about this at some point, especially because we know that people across the league listen to this former players and executives and coaches mm-hmm. and even current listen. So that's going to be a very interesting – I fully expect to get some, some more info when we come back here next week or in two weeks. And oh, say, great. Put more work yep. – put me, put me, you know, give me more work to do. That's great. Thanks. Hockey's over. It's about <laughs> damn time you did something, all right? So – all right. So now that we got that kind of squared away, Jeez. The, the agency piece of this is interesting in that, as you mentioned, it happens in other sports. It's, it's happened in Philadelphia before. The Eagles, as you noted in your piece, hired Sportsology before uh, to help them with their head coaching search. So, yes, I'm not it's certain not, if it was to help them with their head coaching search. I, I want to just, just to be clear. Okay. Might have been an it might have been an executive role, role okay. yes. But I just, I just want, I, okay. I didn't have an answer to that. But they do have a, they Fair. do have a quote from Howie Roseman on their, on their website. Okay, can we expect a uh, quote from Chuck Fletcher on the coaches agency site? So here's, here, here's the problem. I heard, J- I, I had somebody shout out that uh, Jason Martinez brought up a tweet. He brought up your story and then a tweet, and then I guess effectively tried to debunk the, the thought that I had here, which is that. The Flyers haven't done this before, and that if the Flyers traditionally like to do something a certain way, the Flyers will continue to do something a traditional way. And there have been plenty of murmurings that all is not like rainbows and smiles between hockey ops and the business ops side of the Philadelphia Flyers. And that maybe part of the reason that a, an outside consulting firm was brought in to, to vet candidates was not only to make sure that there's not like a Joel Quenville-sized, uh, you know, disaster waiting to happen, 
but also might be because they, they meaning Dave Scott or whomever, was maybe concerned that Chuck Fletcher was looking for a certain kind of coach and might not have considered all of the options. Bundy talked about this a few weeks ago, that sometimes the ego of a GM can factor into which coaches not only get interviewed, but also move on. So Anthony, let me throw this back to you. Is there any possibility here that the Flyers, Dave Scott, somebody from that end, said, you know what? I might trust Chuck Fletcher to run a coaching search, but I want to be 100% sure that we are getting the best candidates in here, even if it's somebody who Fletcher might not have necessarily been rainbow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think is it is it possible? I think yeah, I think it's 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 probably likely. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know that I, I can't give that with a one hundred percent certainty. Which was why when I wrote the story, I asked those questions at, at the bottom of the story. Like, look, these are questions that I I have. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get the answers to them, or maybe we will at some point way down the road like as tends to happen once once people are no longer in the positions that they're in um yeah but i i have those same questions ross like i mean and if that's the case like i don't understand why either side is comfortable with with where they are um that being said i mean we're hearing you know they're, they're coming out and they're saying oh everything's great you know we all kind of agree and and look maybe it is Maybe 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 the stuff that I'm hearing is people who just want to get the negative out, right? They just want to they just want to tell the whispers, you know, kind of create chaos, you know. Maybe that's what they want. And if that's the case, that's the case. But I don't think so I, because it's multiple people, and I've heard it from both sides, right? I've heard it from people on on business side and people on hockey op side. So it's not like I, it's not like I'm putting something out there that's just one sided, okay? I, you hear little bits and pieces here and there. You're like, well, okay, that. You put the puzzle together and you start asking these questions, which is what I, my job as a reporter is to do, is to ask these questions and to try and figure it out. Um, I can't say, like I said, I can't say with 100% certainty that they didn't trust, there was, not, there was a lack of trust. But I think the way you phrased it, the way you phrased the question, I think is very fair and to say that did Dave Scott want to make sure 100% that all of the candidates for the coaching position were being considered for this organization as opposed to just maybe the ones that, that Chuck wanted to talk to. I think, yeah, I think that's, a, I think that's, that's very real. I think Dave wanted to make sure that it was done, done right because I think he feels the pressure. I mean, how can he not, right? How can he not feel the yeah. pressure at this point, right, Bundy? I mean, when you, when you have a decline in, in, in – um, Ticket sales, when you have a decline in attendance and you have the negative responses that you get on social media and, you know, the, the flyers have kind of become irru- – like, I, mean, I, I was saying this today. And, and, look, I didn't listen very long, so maybe they did bring it up. I, I don't want to sound like I listened to the entirety of, of three hours of radio because I didn't. Um, but I was, I was in the car for, for, you know, for a brief period of time, and they're talking about the Phillies and they're talking about the Sixers and James Harden and – you know, a little couple calls here and there about the Eagles on talk radio. No one. No one mentioned that they hired John Tortorella as the coach. And it's like out of sight, out of mind. So, you know, that's why I think to Dave Scott, he's got to look at it and say, shit, man, we've got to fix this now. And we yeah. think that John Tortorella is the guy who can fix that because 
He will bring a little bit of gravitas back to the organization. He could be a face of the franchise in a lot of ways because you don't know if you're going to get a, a player that's going to be a, of that caliber. I mean, maybe you trade for somebody or sign somebody for agency. You don't know. And if you don't, who's that guy? It's not Sean Couturier, right? It's going to be Torts. That's who the Flyers are going to market the hell out of this year. Yeah, is Torts right, um, Bundy? I mean, I think I think that's why they. I think that's why it was so important for them to bring in a guy like Tortorella to make that yeah, to, and, to make that change. And, and let me let me say here, like I, I think, first of all, if you have an, a, a front hockey office that you really trust, uh, like I mean, do you think that the guy in Detroit is going to go tell Steve Eisenman we're hiring an outside counsel to come and get fire look at a coach? Like, let's, let's be real here, guys, okay? So I think what we have is a couple twofold situation here. I think Dave Scott shows his complete incompetence of, and, un, and lack of knowledge for hockey. I do. I don't, I mean, listen, he's not a hockey guy. I'm sure he was an amazing, did an amazing job to get where he got in life with his main job. He, but him bringing in an outside source to go over the top of the people that are already here, I think, first of all, sends a message to the GM, like, I'm watching. I'm also, I don't necessarily trust what's going on here. Because I'm, I am the top of the food chain in terms of what I'm looking at. And I'm looking at a, a, a near-empty building some nights. The other side of it, too, by him doing that, it checks all the corporate boxes. You know, you're, you're, you're doing all the right things. And that's what they want to do. To me, this is a business decision that they made. Um, I like John Tortorella. Uh, I, I, I've said that. I, I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good guy. I think he holds guys accountable. I think he asks for effort every single night. I think he asks for guys to do the right things, to be in the right position on the ice. I don't have a problem with any of those things. I think that's a, a blast from the past that they need. The problem I have, Anthony, and you said it at the end, if you're hiring a coach to come in here and be the face of your franchise, because it, well, let's face it, it was gritty. It was gritty last year. That's what they went to. That's a business decision, and it's a wrong decision. You can't hire a coach to be the marketing face of your franchise or because you, what you've done now is you've admitted to everybody that we're just a bad team. And so that's where I look at the, the John Tortorella as the complete lipstick to this giant pig. You can spread all the <laughs> lipstick you want on it. You put a nice dress on it. It's still a pig at the end of the day. And so I think that don't... Dave Scott realizes that, and that's why they want to make torts the face of this franchise for a year until they get better. Well, that's well, I mean, I, I'm glad you mentioned that there because this is where I was just going to disagree with you, but I think maybe you might be onto something right there at the very, very end, okay? Are you, would you be okay with Tortorella being the face of the franchise if it was just for this year if the team was going to say what Russ has been screaming for, and you've kind of been yelling for a little bit too, if in fact that they were going to say, all right, you know what, we're not going to be a good team this year. Let's let Torts be the, the guy that we market, the guy that we hope he brings some excitement back. And then we hit that 23 draft with, you know, where things are a lot better and maybe we can, we can make moves here in the offseason and even into the season that can get us more towards – adding talent in that year and really be looking at this being a two years away, the team being good and then have Tortorella take it from there. And then you could start marketing players at that point. But if it's just for one year and you look at it and say, Hey, we got to get through once one tough season. This is the guy that will help us get through that one tough season but, as the face been, of the franchise. It's been multiple tough seasons with faces we, of I, franchise. I know that. I understand. We, we've that. had players here that. that they market. We've had the, so, but what I'm saying, Anthony, is that if you're hiring a guy and, and I know that, I, listen, I talk to people in the organization. I still do. 
There's a, there is a part of this that they hired for the marketing side of John Tortorella. It's not just good. Sure. He, to me, should be the guy that got hired in Vegas, to be honest with you. He's too good for this group they have right here. He is. So there's another reason for that. Like, are they, they're saying, yeah, we're going to pay the guy $4 million. He's a great coach. He's had success. He raises the bar of our organization. He can only raise the bar so much because it's the personnel and the players on the ice that ultimately are the ones that will make the playoffs, will give you a chance to lift the Stanley Cup in the spring. And these guys here, and, what, and this is where, Russ is, where I'm going to defend Russ for what he goes back to the season. I'm going to do it. You want them bad enough to have an opportunity at that top three slot in 23. I know you do. I don't like tanking either, but look at how the Rangers, I've gone to it all year. The Rangers rebuild was almost to perfection. Almost to perfection. They got a couple of free agents. One year, they got Panarin, they got Truba, and then they added with those bad picks. The Flyers need to emulate emulate that model to a sense. But what I'm afraid of with Torts is that he's going to make them good enough that they're going to slide out of those top spots. And they're not a team. You, Yes, he can actually make this team better in a year. Good enough to make the playoffs? Unfortunately, maybe, maybe not. But they're going to be good enough to fall out of that top 10 spot. And that's going to be the, that's where the problem lies right there. There's no forward thinking in any of this. This is a rebuild. I've said it's a rebuild at November. I said it again in February, and I said it again in April. It's a bad hockey team. And it can't be fixed overnight. Not with. And you know what? I go back to Mike Yo. Russ, stop doing that. I go back to Mike Yo at the end the of the dancing? year. You don't like my dancing? This is, yeah, I, I'm so I go excited. back to I Mike love what Yo you at the end of the year saying, you know what? Scotty Bowman and Toe Blake couldn't coach this team. He said, not me, not you, and not Anthony. So that's a little so, bit for the other side of the equation in the coin, and I'm starting to understand it a little bit. He's too good for this so, team. And he should so, be in Vegas, probably. I, I feel vindicated. It's so great. Can I – so there are a few things. One – uh, you said something about Dave Scott being an incompetent hockey mind. I don't think that even I, – I don't think that Dave Scott is trying to sell himself as a hockey guy. I just don't. I don't believe that there's, like, an idea out there that he's told everybody, like, he's been the world's well, biggest hockey and, fan. And, and if I could just say something to that, Russ, real quick. I, I kind of yeah. felt like at first it was, it was trying to portray that way a little bit. And then once, it re- once we all realized yeah. he wasn't, and then it was like, okay, brought in Bill Barber to kind of be his, his personal advisor, and then now listens to the, you know, he, he, he calls on the senior advisors and asks these guys, hey, what do you think? And, you know, and Clarkie and Homer and, and um, uh, Dean Lombardi, you know, they, they, all, they all offer their opinions. And let's not forget, Lombardi was the head of USA Hockey when he hired Tortorella as coach. Mm-hmm. Um, there as well. So, I mean, so there's there's a lot of connect. Even though they never worked together, there are connections all the way through. Homer obviously was a USA hockey guy with, with Tortorella as a coach there as well. So th- so there's a lot of connections there. But I think I think you're right. I think it, it got to a point where it's like, okay, I, I can't fake it. So let me, let me lean on some voices that maybe people recognize. And so I don't actually fall. This is this is the whole thing. If I were running a company right now, right? If I were running a team, I would hire a consulting agency because I don't want Quenville 2.0. That would be my biggest fear, right? So like, I understand conceptually why, as a company, you would want to bring in an agency. I do think that it ultimately does undermine your GM, and I do think that like we've heard enough things from behind the scenes that indicate that there is a lack of belief in the current front office structure. So if that's all true, which cool. I want to get back to to something else here. Um, This team, the biggest fear has been that you're going to be back to being that middling bubble playoff team. 
And when we initially talked about the different candidates for this job, I said, I think Trotz is like a good enough coach and would put in a solid enough, you know, plan and system that you could maybe be like a middle of the pack playoff team. And that within a year, if he has some personnel control, maybe you do end up being like a top three, top four team next year. And I said, Tortorella to me, this team sucks, right? Like the, the, the pieces of this puzzle are not good enough to be a top three team. Now, can you change that in one offseason? Maybe. If you had a competent GM who's actually good at going out and acquiring star players and like could actually like make moves around the fringes that actually are you know important when you're building a, a, a contender, yes. Do I think that the guy that's currently employed can do that? No. I don't think that there's any kind of track record that shows that he can. He's a decent enough drafter. He, he can do that. He's like the antithesis of Howie Roseman. Howie sucks at drafting for the most part. Great around you know trades and everything else and working the cap. So if we take all that into consideration, so we, should we I switch, come back. Should we switch to, roles what? for them? Can we just put them both together? Make them, make them work together. <laughs> so, so like Tortorella, I'm not going to blame. If this team sucks this year, not going to blame Tortorella. I actually tweeted that like if we go out and we see this team once again as it's constructed, however Chuck Fletcher constructs this team, if they go out and look like the same Flyers with yet another coach and a fiery coach that we all agree can instill all kinds of like piss and vinegar in his team. If the team still looks like that, then you need to jettison like most of the roster into the sun. That's what has to happen. Like there aren't that many holdovers left. So conceptually, you shouldn't have a lot of the same issues. And if you do a good enough job of building this team, you shouldn't have those problems. I just come back to this. And there's one very basic point about the Tortorella hire that I do not understand. I know that conceptually, when you're going to hire a coach, you have to meet certain criteria. You can't just interview one guy and hire him in a permanent capacity if you name an interim coach. So let me ask you guys this. Was John Tortorella available in December when you fired Elaine Vigneault? Was he under contract with another team? Vigneault? No. No, no, no. Tortorella. Was Tortorella under contract in December? No, no. No, he wasn't. He was working a TV deal. Have analysts left networks like ESPN before to go in and take a, a coaching position? For sure. They have. Yeah. And, one, and one would assume that that's also part of their TV deal, is that if a role like this comes along, I have the flexibility to opt out. Okay. So John Tortorella was available in December, which means you could have, instead of pissing away the rest of the season, you could have conceptually hired John Tortorella, had him install his system, evaluate the pieces that you had, go through a trade deadline, potentially jettison players that don't work or wouldn't work here long-term, potentially bring in players that maybe you hadn't thought of bringing in prior, you would have had four or five months to kind of get the ball rolling. And instead, you sent out a garbage team with an interim coach that nobody believed in, and you still ended up making the hire that everybody thought you would make. If we had asked people in December, what coach are the Philadelphia Flyers going to hire? The number one name that would have come up is John Tortorella. And again, we all think it's a fine hire, like relative to everything else that was out there. John Tortorella's a good hire. But you could have done this shit months ago. You're six fucking months later. Nothing has changed. So why didn't you just do it in December? Go through the coaching search and hire the guy months ago. Because now, like, great, you ended up with your guy. But, like, did we really have to go through the last five or six months of of garbage time? Do I have to answer that for you, Russ? Or is this a rhetorical question? No, go ahead. Well, Please because answer it. maybe John Tortorella wasn't the guy for the general manager in December, and that they needed to have this kind of input from multiple places, including an outside agency, to say, "Yeah, this is probably the best choice for this organization." I'm, 
you know, guys. Right? I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously, right? Otherwise, Bundy. I'm asking you, right? Otherwise, I think Russ's point is a is a completely valid one. Like, why wouldn't you just do it otherwise? Well, I think there's a couple things, guys, and I think that one of them. I I was talking to somebody this morning about it. One of them is there's an optics part of it. I don't think they they shouldn't care because they don't now. But that would have been another question going back to December. Um, they paying AV $5 million a year, right? They owe him two more years. So now you got mm-hmm. torts in. You're paying two coaches. $9 know, million. Dollars. $9 million each of the next two years. So that's that's one thing. And I, again, listen, I know Comcast is a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. They don't want to take money out of that piggy bank to pay off bills over here. That, I think, is one issue. If you look at it in terms of the general manager, or at least the optics, the outside optics, if you look at what Chuck has done, or his team around him, he's gone after the biggest fish in the pond at the time was AV. He gave him a monster contract, five times five for $25 million for five years. It didn't work out, two and a half years in, gone. And that was also through a pandemic, right, with shortened schedules and all that. So what else? So what did you do next time? Your next coaching search, you went out and you got the next biggest fish that you would have been able to find. That's John Tortorella. It's almost like you're thinking, like, there's no one else they went out and looked at anybody. At the end of the day, you're still paying $9 million, whether you would have done it in December or now. I think that's part of it. So, you know, there's been nothing like there's, you know, a, a, a Peter DeBoer coming in here on an interview. There was really nothing kind of like where you look outside the box. And I guess that would be my question is, what? how deep was your next guy? Like, you had those three, the superstar coaching uh, you know, candidates that were all up there. Who was out there? And you mentioned Jack Capuano. But what what happened with Rick Tockett? Why did you not like Rick Tockett? What about Jim Montgomery? What about Luke Richardson? I just want to find out about these other guys. Yeah, and just because they interviewed Volucci, the assistant coach with the Penguins, um, Mike Volucci. I know that they interviewed him. I think that they interviewed uh, Quinn as well. Um, but again, these guys were guys who were names that we kind of thought that Chuck might have liked initially. Like back yeah. in December, right? I mean, as guys that he would bring in, and you know, that, that that would be that transitional coach between being a bad team and getting good again. And maybe maybe they you know they stick around and, and you know they're a whole part of it. If not, they kind of just are that two three years, and then you go get the big name when you're ready to win, whatever the case might be. Um, Some of those guys have a similar affect too. They're not exactly like the fireball that John Tortorella is or like the the kind of, you know, potential one wants to have say in personnel like Barry Trotz, right? So again, this comes back to the ego question, but like, um, how do I put this in a nice way? Like, I'm not getting a Christmas card from Chuck Fletcher, right? But like, I don't have confidence in this guy. And I, I genuinely do not think under any circumstances that he wanted, if he had his druthers, I don't think John Tortorella would have been this yeah, guy. I, I don't I, think he wants I, to have and he's going to, and he's to somebody. Gonna th- I don't He's think he's going to say it. Tortorella is going to hold his feet to the fire. If this team sucks a month into the season, if you think that John Tortorella is going to say, yeah, you know what, guys, the team sucks. It's on me. I'm not saying that Tortorella is going to deflect. He's going to say, look at the look at the shit show that I'm coaching. And, and Bundy, I know. Get me some. I know. People I know here. you were you were told that Tortorella was their guy all along, right? I mean, I'm not. I, 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 I heard school there, right? I heard just right. under three weeks ago that this was the guy. I felt, yeah, yeah. you know, without saying it, I thought that that's what. That's what they were going to do, just based on hearing some of the stuff come out of their camps. And so I think, and I think that what's going to happen is at the press conference, you're going to hear uh, Chuck Fletcher come out and say, "No, you know, yeah, he was our guy all along. This is the guy that we wanted. He was our number one choice." Blah 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 blah. To which I'm going to say, "Okay, fine." Um, So you're going to say I'm wrong. You're going to say Elliot Friedman was wrong to say that they were 
if he made an offer to Barry Trotz that he turned down. You're going to say Frank Saravalli was wrong by saying that. You're going to say Kevin Weeks was wrong by saying that. You're going to say that all these people who reported this, right, like national people and local. We did have a couple local people as well. I mean, I'm not trying to say that I'm the only local person. There were some local people who reported this as well. They were, all of a sudden, like, we're, we're all making this up. We're all just did we have like a little a little collusion like a little little little, little pow outs throw throw down some whiskey over over Zoom and say hey let's all report that Barry Trotz was the guy that they want like no, seriously no whiskey that, for me no happened? whiskey for me well not I did not no not you obviously you weren't reporting it I was saying me and the other people right not you Bundy I'm sorry um, <laughs> no no uh, Anthony was passing around the edibles and uh, <laughs> no. Passing around the right, vape I mean, pen. seriously, like I mean, I, like I think it's going to be comical in a lot of ways, and I, I, and, and yeah. there's part of me that part of me that wants him to not do it, not say that, you know. Part of me wants him to just be honest and just say, listen, yeah, yeah, this is what happened, because then, then, then I sit there and go, okay, see, people. But then, I, then there's also part of me that wants him to do it so that I can ask him and say, well, where do you think this all came from, you know? Oh, I don't. I, well, Anthony, uh, I don't. You know, I, I, then, I don't know. A lot of people they, you know, they say things. And then why and, not wait? And w- then why wait this long for John Tortorella? If this was the guy all along, why wait this long? That's what I. And why go you. through the rigmarole of of bringing in an outside agency, of of talking to fifteen, twenty coach, however many coaches you you talk to, you brought in for an interview? Why go through the charade? If this was the guy all along. That's what I have a problem with. And, I'm, and I have no problem asking and, that question today when it comes at 2 o'clock because I have, I'm really I'm feisty about it right now because I have a feeling that that's what they're going to do, that they're going to try and come out and debunk what we've reported. And that's going to be their goal because Chuck did it before, okay, with the Giroux trade. He tried his damnedest to come out against it without anybody even asking him. He just brought it up on his own. So I think that that's going to be a thing. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll admit it. Hey, if he doesn't mention it at all today, I'll apologize next week on Snow the Goalie. But that you know, but I think right now, and we're recording it before that, that that's going to be what's going to happen. And if so, I He's promise you, I will try my day. I've just raised my hand because I'm on, we're on Zoom today. And if it doesn't get asked today, if they don't call on me, I will do it. There's going to be there's going to be another press conference in person. Next Tuesday, whether that's with Chuck or with just with Tortorella, I don't know. But if Chuck's there, I will ask him in person next week. Look at you. Did Gritty have you. You're fired up. I love when you're fired up. Maybe. Squeaky, squeaky. Squeaky, squeaky. From, from what I'm – Maybe. I, you know what I was told? I was – Stop. I, I, don't – That they're going to pair back a little bit on the, uh, on the mascot. That they don't want that to be a thing anymore. Okay. That they're tired of – that they're kind of tired of the, you know, that he is popular. I mean, there's no question. I mean, obviously, a lot of people like him, right? Sure. I mean, they, you know, his popularity is probably more so than his than the people who don't like him. You know, even though two of the three of us don't like him, I get it. Um, but he's still popular. You guys, you guys don't like him. <laughs> I've got a. Somebody gave me a picture of Gritty on my wall. Hold on, let me let me take you let me take you no, over no, here. Hold on, you're wait, a beauty, wait, buddy. No, oh, you're a wait, beauty. Wait, 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 right there. There's a little, little gritty up there. I don't hate gritty. I, hate I had no idea you guys it. didn't like that uh, fucking thing. <laughs> I just spilled water uh, all over my no, iPad. But what I, but what I understand, what is, I understand is, is that they don't, they don't want the next phase of Flyers hockey to be remembered as part of like the quote-unquote gritty era. You know what I'm saying? Like They want it to be something different. So, hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, 
you know, they did they did pair him back as the season went along, but he was still kind of present. Uh, I wonder what the I wonder how it's going to be. Like if they want, I wonder if they go like more fanaticy with him, you know? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. That would honestly that would honestly make more sense. I have I legitimately spilled water all over my desk, trying to show you a picture. All you had to do was go take it off the wall, Ross, and instead so, of turn the camera. <laughs> no, because I think I have it up there with like those. Uh, those I have no idea you guys didn't like it. A hole in my wall. <laughs> so. <laughs> so so Ant Ant says he's going to declare war on Chuck. No, Fletcher I'm not declaring war. Which. Which, which we're all going to have to, you know, hold them accountable. I'm not declaring to, so war. What I'm saying, else. Russ, is that I will. I have zero problem asking that question, if in fact that's the answer that he's going to give. That's all. Which he has. Let's be let's be honest. This is not a guy who takes accountability. This is a guy who believes he's the smartest guy in the room, and a guy who, quite frankly, is <coughs> uh, in in out of his. He's he's out of his depth. And the only reason that he's still employed in the role that he is is because this team knows that Danny Briere isn't ready to take over the job. That's the only reason he's here. That's it. If Danny Briere were two years more experience as an assistant GM or whatever the hell, the assistant to the GM, the Dwight Schrute role, if he had two more years of experience at that level, he would be that executive right now. This team was not ready to put him in charge because they didn't want things to go sideways. They were afraid to lose Danny Briere, hence he got this title, which is fine. Danny Briere, nice guy, friend of the show, fine. Chuck Fletcher is on borrowed time. And part of the reason that I would put a ton of money on the fact that he didn't want John Tortorella here is because this team, if you think for a second that Comcast is going to spend $9 million on two coaches and then after another bad year sit back and go, well, you know, it's probably the coach. The coach lost the team again. Nah, ain't happening. Which brings me back to a problem that I've had all along. Why the hell is Chuck Fletcher running the show here? Because what you're going to end up with Mark my words, unless John Tortorella commits like the has the greatest miracle in hockey history, and I'm saying like beyond what the Blues did, I'm saying he takes a bunch of ragtag miscreants that we know Chuck Fletcher is going to put together with a bunch of bargain basement signings at the end of the offseason. If he takes that team to a Stanley Cup final in his first year, right, then I will come back here and say, by God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. But it won't happen. So the idea here is the team's going to suck again, and we're going to have the same conversation next year that Chuck Fletcher built a bad team, Tortorella's yet another coach who came in and tried to get through to this team, and it didn't work, and eventually Chuck Fletcher's going to get fired. And then you're going to have $9 million next year going to two coaches again, and you're going to have a front office executive search where that person who's getting hired knows that they can't fire let me, the coach. Let me ask a question, and I'm, I really admit this more for sure. Bundy, I think, since you've You've been in the environment before. You know, we, we sit here and we criticize both sides. Like, we criticize the business office. We criticize the team. And that's fine. We try to be as, as equal as we can be. Is it possible that sometimes, and maybe, you know, and I think that maybe this is an issue that this team maybe has. Is it possible that sometimes the two sides maybe feel like they have to stick to their guns a little bit like it almost like hockey ops feels like we know we are the hockey people. We know what we're doing. Leave us the hell alone. We're not going to change because we are the hockey people and the business people are like, well, we're the corporate side and we know how to run a business. And, you know, we're not going to change because we're the corporate side. And you think that because of that, maybe that's why there's this, you know, not able to get through with one another, not able to work with one another, like almost as if they're 
it, there needs to be some kind of give and take both ways, including yeah. the hockey op side, to say, you know what, we need to work with them, and then they need to work with us. Yeah, and, and you know it was interesting when you say that to it, and and you can feel the disconnect. I mean, you can. I mean, it's the, the the fan base can feel it. Yeah, I think you have people on the business side that really had no clue about Flyers hockey at all. They 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 came in, they were given jobs, they probably were hired by headhunters, presented to Dave Scott, and then he made the decision to hire these people. Uh, you can't have. This. I've said this before, and I'm not here like you know to to take a. Uh, I'm not a hire that, that that does this stuff, but I think this is just such a unique type of space in Philadelphia that you have to have uh, uh, that marriage work. You know, when Peter Luco, Ron Ryan, I'm going back to my days, Anthony, you know, in the 90s, you know, mm -hmm. everybody before that, in the business side and the hockey side, they were like more married as one family, and it worked. And I think the hockey side, when they said, here's what we need, the business side kind of said, we're going to give you those resources, Ed Snyder did. But there was always a guy like a Peter Luco, uh, Sean Tilger, even going back, Ron Ryan, uh, you know, up until he retired. Uh, he was a business hockey guy, and I think that that's a luxury to have. So was Peter. You know, Peter was a guy that son played. Uh, you know, he loved hockey, grew up in Boston. He was very familiar about the sport, understood right. the NHL. Didn't try to pretend that he was a genius about the sport. So I think that, that there's a, that's a complete disconnect because you could, talk to, you could talk to anybody on the hockey side or people I still know. Um, they're not enthralled. I mean, what are you going to say about the business side? You have people that don't know. It would, it videos would, it would from, almost be you know, it would almost be better if you had people on both sides who you had people on the business side who understand hockey, but you also had yes. people on the hockey side who understand business. But but Chuck, like right? I mean, he went to he went he went to Harvard. His assistant GM went to Princeton. Uh, you think that they'd have some sort of a you know an understanding? Listen. I'm going to be, I'll just say this as bluntly as I can. When Ed Snyder owned this team, and we've talked about I don't want to beat a dead horse here, and, we, and I feel like I have, but um, they, they ran the team be, because he, he really, really cared. And I think the understanding was, guys, is that uh, corporate America is probably the worst thing that's happened to sports, I think, in this country. You mm -hmm. know, when they come in and they change the elements of the past, especially to franchises that are so dear near and dear to that to their local fan base and i think what's happened is the business side has totally separated what was once an amazing fan base from the snyder and they did it quick i mean they messed this up really really fast it's hard to do what they did right. but i do agree like there was i used to see the way bob clark would work with luco ron ryan and those people and there was a you know there, there was a lot of unison between them right and an understanding that they're trying to work together to get to the end goal. Yeah. Um, you know, it has to be about more than just making money. You'll make your money if you do the right things. And when you don't do the right things, you, you're going to you're gonna feel it financially. And I think the Flyers are feeling it brutally right now. And this, this is probably a good transition, but um, I did want to point this out. So we, we do have to give some congratulations to a couple of, uh, uh, you know, local – hockey legends who are going to end up in the Hall of Fame, um, Al Morganti uh, and, and um, Billy Clement, um, both got the, uh, the media awards, one for broadcasting and one for, one for journalism. Um, they're going to be, uh, they're going to have a plaque in the Great Hall at the, at the Hockey Hall of Fame. They'll be inducted in the fall, so congratulations to them. But I wanted to point out what Al said, something Al said when he was talking about what it means to get this award. And Al said, it means more in hockey because the people in the game, it means that much. It means so much to them. It means so much to the people that he's covered. 
that he's been around. Like this sport matters. It's like what they live and breathe, and then they really, really care about it. And I think that that's one thing that that kind of gets lost a little bit here. And I think with with the relationship that's relationships that exist, because I do think they are professional relationships now. And while they may have always been professional, I don't want to make pretend like back in the day that the relationships between hockey ops and business side were not professional because they certainly were. But that it was different. It was like it was a it was that different. It was there was just a different feel to it. It was a different relationship to it. Everybody would, you know, people would get together for different things and whatever. It didn't matter what side of the business you were on. I mean, I only worked there for two years. That was Snyder. Well, I mean, it was certainly Snyder did that. Snyder, but he also had people under him who who were in charge, who Who fostered felt that fostered that mantra. Again, on both on both sides on both sides of the aisle. All right, I mean, it was not just. The business side, there were people on the hockey on the hockey op side who were just as willing. I mean, you remember back in the day, you guys were willing to do a lot of a lot of uh, appearances and things like that. And you know, you, how many times did guys from the team go on the radio and do a fo- do whether you were going on Preston and Steve or going on yeah. WIP in the morning or whatever, like and just do kind of fun things, just kind of like you know, always had had your personalities out there, just hysterical stuff, telling stories, telling some hockey stories. Like, it was really kind of cool to always hear it, and maybe not always in the 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 realm that you thought you were going to hear it on sports radio. You would hear it, like I said, Preston and Seward. We went on TV and did Mike Jarek on Fox, you know, whatever. I mean, like, there was always a player somewhere or a coach somewhere or something, and you guys were out in the community. I think that hockey ops has gotten so to the point now where it's, They've cordoned themselves off in a lot of ways and made it like a more of a bunker mentality on that side that I think it, they sometimes make it even difficult for the hockey op side people to really try and, you know, market those guys. I think it's gotten to – I don't know if it's today's player, if it's a different thing with, with, it with, is. The, you know, with, the, with the kind of player that there is today as opposed to when you were playing. But I think that that's part of it too, man. I really do. I really think that – so I think that there needs to be some more coming from that side as well you know, we could sit here and, and complain and bitch and moan about how the business side has been run. And believe me, we've said it many, many, many times. The sins of the past, we've gone over them a million times. I think that now they've recognized it and they're trying to fix it. But I'm not certain if they're going to be – it might be too late. They might not have the right people in place, whatever, but they're going to try. But the fact of the matter is is they need to get some, some give back from the other side. And I don't think that they're getting any of it. And I think that that's part of the problem as well. So there, you wanted to rant there, Russ. There you go. You want to cut something up to put out there? That's put that big, one out there. That's it. It's not going to fit on any social feed. That's like at least <laughs> ten minutes. So a five-part Anthony Zanfilippo rant here's, coming here's soon the, to Twitter the first, and Instagram. Here's the first minute. Go to YouTube and watch the rest. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to talk about? I mean, there was there was something that I was going to kind of rail against, but I don't feel like there's a place for it now. There's no way to kind of get into it, so that's fine. We do have five-star oh, reviews. Five-star reviews? Else? I, mean, I, want to, I just wanted to tell you guys, I did finish my book. It will be out, I believe, on October 25th of this yes! year. Yes! There you it go. There we go. Yeah, I did. I, oh, I want yes. to keep everyone updated. We'll get pre-sales. We'll start uh, in, I think, a couple of months. But, uh, yeah, Road to Redemption, guys. You know, I, I talked about it a little bit. There's a lot of amazing hockey stories in the book. Uh, a lot of my travels and travails over the years with a lot of my teammates, things I'd see. But really, it, it becomes a roadmap for people that have struggled with addiction um, and how to uh, essentially, you know, how I led my life and how I was able to pull myself up out of the gutter uh, at the end of the day. So I'm proud it's done. It was a, a painful thing to do at times. 
Uh, I spent almost the entire 2021 doing it. Uh, Wayne Fish, the great Wayne Fish, has helped me with that. Uh, he's our, he's my co-author, and uh, I'm looking forward to it coming out. I think people are going to really enjoy it. Wow, that's ex- I can't that's, wait. That's my non-hockey awesome. announcements. <laughs> no, that's well, it's, funny. It's, it's I feel great. like I feel like we're going to have to do a uh, like maybe we do a live uh, a live show. Let's let's maybe do we, it. Like, bring, find a, bring some a, books a out. Bookstore. I'll sit and read a chapter. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'll the book, and there I was. <laughs> Standing Lord in knows the where I was. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Oh, I'll bring the I'll bring the bagels. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That is that's awesome uh, to hear. I'm glad that I'm glad that happened. I'm I'm glad that you know it's it's good to go. That's gonna be great. Yeah. Um. All right. So guys, we we have I I solicited five star reviews. If you remember a week ago, I said leave a five star review and I'll read it. And if you want to rip on me, rip on me. But make it a five star review or it's not getting read. And Anthony, there's a really awesome review, right? That like excoriates me, and I was excited because I'm like, I will read this. And, 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 and guess it ended up what? being one star. This he text he he messaged me. Moron, he messaged me. <laughs> no, you know why? Because he, who I will not say the name of, but I said it previously, he did the stupid thing that I expected him to do, and he will never have a review read on this show. Because he screwed it up. Congratulations, you played yourself. He left a five-star review, Anthony, and then he switched it to a one-star. He thought that once it populated as a five-star review, we would read it. And then he dropped it to a one-star. I freaking knew somebody would do it. So, too bad, dude. You missed your chance. It's a shame. Because it was, it was a doozy. I read it, but it, you know, too bad. Uh, all right, so we have a few here. Go ahead. Best Flyers podcast, five stars by BCGHVAHT, which says, uh, as someone starving for hockey talk, this show is the best. WIP and the fan uh, barely talk about the Flyers. This should be two to three times a week, never miss an episode, and could listen all day. Keep up the good work. That's Thank a really you, nice review. We love yeah. that. Love, love that one. All right, next one. Delco Jack. This is, a, this, is a, this is a bad one for me. The only thing weirder than Flyers fans being obsessed with Claude Giroux is the dude on this podcast with the annoying voice being obsessed with Flyers fans invested in Giroux's career. Well, I mean, the only way we know it's you is because he talks about the annoying voice. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) All right. uh, Shades Layer checks in. Five stars. Great podcast. Besides Russ phoning it in. Just kidding. This is a great podcast. Definitely aren't afraid to call out the team or players or fans if it calls for it. And then the final, the final one. This actually came in yesterday. Oh, I didn't see this one. Five-star review from Goku's Kamehameha. Oh, I love that. Little Dragon Ball oh. Z reference. Kamehameha. All right. Five stars. Excellent show. Keep up the great work. Quick question. With the situation in Ukraine, do you think the NHL would not allow the cup to be taken to Russia? Both teams have players uh, from there. So uh, what are, Russ's favorite word, optics of not allowing it? Well, That's a good I'll, question. I'll, I'll answer it first, and I think, Bundy, you could probably talk about it a little bit, too. The NHL did come out right before game one. They had um, the press conference with, um, uh, with the commissioner and, and, with Bill, and with the assistant commissioner. <laughs> As I was sitting here, couldn't remember Gary Bettman's name for a second. Gary Bettman, Bill, Bill Daly, um, both, both were at the thing. And they talked about this um, because there are – I think there's one player on Colorado is Nachushkin, and I think there's three players that are Russian on Tampa. Um, and they did say that they will not be allowed to bring the Stanley Cup to Russia, but that down the road <laughs> they will be given a day 
when once things have cleared up, they will be given their opportunity to bring it to Russia. So they will be they will be afforded the opportunity at some point. It just won't be right after the cup if they win. They're going to bring it to Little Russia down in Tampa. It's like Chinatown. You yeah. go down there and celebrate down there. Call it home. <laughs> Bundy, tap into your uh, your '90s pro wrestling fandom. Is the NHL worried that they're going to take the Stanley Cup into like a KHL game and drop it in the trash can? Like I, I don't. I, I, I mean, WWF I, you know what? Anthony, I never heard like anything about that. And I know, I know, it's it's real. You're talking about it. I I don't under. <laughs> is it like is that the NHL's version of punishing Russia? Or is it we don't I, find I, it safe enough? I don't understand the, the theory. Behind I think it's that. probably a little bit of I, pro, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think that they're trying to be. I think it's a little bit of everything. If, if you want to go optics as well, I think that they're probably saying you know we want to make sure we side with most of America on this and and say that you know we are we oppose what's going on, what Russia's doing in the Ukraine. Um, so I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's a little bit of concern for the safety of the trophy, um, and I think it's a little bit of concern. Um, you know, for you know the the fact that you know, they just want to they want to punish Russia a little bit. You know, I mean, because you know, here's the thing. I mean, one of the other things that they talked about and in, in, in that same press conference, and they really didn't get into into great detail, but they talked about the World Cup of Hockey coming back. Right? We remember the World Cup of Hockey, and they want to, oh, but yeah. they want it to be in. They want it to be in season, right? Well, they want it to be in season in 2024. Which is great. I mean, it's awesome. You know, let's let's do World Cup of Hockey. World Cup of Hockey is really cool. How are you doing the World Cup of Hockey without Russia? Good you question. can't. Uh, you you do the uh, what was it I in know, the Olympics? The ROC, yeah, the combined team, or the, the Russian, Russian Olympic, Olympic, whatever. Yeah, whatever nonsense. You no, know, but I mean, you have to you you have to have it. So the question then becomes: Do they do they? How do you what do you do with the Russian players? Do you allow them to play? Do you not allow them to play? Do you allow them to play under a different name? Do you push it a year and hope it gets better? You know, there, there, there's a lot that's going to go into that. And I, you know, what else? and the other thing that's what really, the other thing that's really kind of interesting. The other thing that's really kind of interesting is, is the drafts coming up, and you got Russian players in the draft. Unless they have North American agents that can figure out a way to get them over here, are you going to draft these guys? Like, you know, so that's a that's another real, real question, because, I mean, the Flyers were lucky with the kid Fedotov, who they brought over, right? The goalie who's going to mm. probably be the backup to, to Carter Hart next year. He had a North American agent. And I remember asking Chuck this back, you know, in the season. And he said it was it was a uncertainty, you know, if they would be able to bring anybody over. And he says, but thankfully, Fedotov's got a North American agent. So they felt like they could get it done. And they did. And so like he'll be here. But, you know, there's people that, you know, there's players that maybe don't have them, have one yet. And, you know, do you draft that player and cross your fingers that everything will be okay in the world? Or do you pass on a player, you know, just because he's Russian? I mean, it's really kind of an interesting thing. Most of these, like, you would think that most of what's going on now, by the time the player's ready to come over, will be settled. Do we really think that Russia and Ukraine are still going to be doing this in 2025, 2024? I don't know. I guess I guess anything's possible. It's not, it's not as far away as you think. think. It's only eighteen months, and you're talking about pl- that. That's twenty twenty four is eighteen months. The planning for the tournament yeah. is less than that. You're probably looking at twelve months out, yeah, right? That's I mean, fair. so you're saying a year so from fair. now, are they still here? Yep. And what do we do? Right. So that's that's, that's a good, good question. question. So I think it's a good question from our five star reviewer. Guys, this was a jam packed show. It was. Um, all right. I, I don't, I'm still trying to I'm figure excited. out why they can't send a fake cup with these guys to Russia. 
That's all I'm worried about. That's all I'm concerned with right now. I just keep thinking about the fake cup. Put the fake cup over. I want some in class where they put the tinfoil around it. <laughs> I was just about to say, you're going to try Russian to send a tinfoil cup over. No, I promise you, Tavares. No this is cup. No problem. This cup, is Stanley come back. Cup. Full piece. No problem. <laughs> it is spelled correctly. S-T-A-N-L-Y. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be like a knock, like a knockoff Rolex, right? Just gonna be one letter off. It is perfect. Guys, it's been real. Bundy went. Bundy, thanks yeah. for copping on. Listen, pal. if if uh, if Zherdev was afraid of uh, Panaccio being in the Russian mob, God knows what Bundy and I are about to find. <laughs> so, yeah, you didn't know that. Uh, Do you remember that story, we'll Bundy? I don't know if you remember that. It was just uh, after you, know you retired. I, I, I think. I don't know if you were you were doing radio. I was retired. with somebody? Panaccio was in the mob. Well, so Zherdev was on the Flyers. And one day we're waiting. We wanted to talk to him. And I guess he looked down the hall at Skate Zone and he saw Panaccio standing there and like freaked out and like snuck out that middle door that was just past the um, just past the, the you remember where their shower stall was. And then you had that curtain. And then down to the left, there was I think we called it the uh, uh, the Mark Recchi door that was over there. That was at between before you got to the dressing room area yeah. for, at Skate Zone, the old Skate Zone before they redid it. And you have that, yeah. that second door. So Zherdev sneaks out that door and leaves. And so Zach was trying to find us. Zherdev. He's like, oh, he's gone. And then the next day he comes back and he says, oh, you know, because apparently he had thought that, looked down the hallway and he thought Panaccio was a member of the Russian mob coming to get him. That's what he told us. <laughs> Second week in a row that story's come up and it is just as ridiculous this week as it was last week. So uh, on that bombshell, it's time to end. A big thank you to everybody who tuned in uh, on your favorite podcast app. Remember, you can find this podcast in audio form on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, anywhere that you get your podcasts. You can also watch the full episode over on the Crossing Broad YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Crossing Broad. There's an entire Snow the Goalie playlist. You can also watch Anthony's other show, uh, Crossed Up, a Phillies podcast. The Phillies are actually good now. Uh, imagine that. And so you can watch those episodes and listen on all of your favorite podcast apps as well. Uh, and then don't forget... You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at Snow the Goalie. You can find each of us on those platforms as well at CTarian6, at Ant San Philly, at Joy on Broad. All of those links that you need are in the description of this episode. So make sure you go listen, uh, you subscribe, you follow, keep the conversation going. And don't forget if you're over on Twitter, you can join the Snow the Goalie community where Anthony, I believe, today kind of gave people a heads up that an episode was coming. I think we might start dropping some more tidbits in there. Uh, and I think last week I tried to get like a, a thread going about the episode. Kind of weird to try to set up threads like that on Twitter, but we're trying. We're trying to do some weird stuff. Let's get weird. It's the summer, right? So thanks for tuning in. We will be back at some point in you the next what? week. I'm sure we'll have reactions to uh, to Chuck Fletcher's press conference. Anthony, I'm sure we'll write it up on CrossingBroad.com. It's I, I want to give one last one last what? story, just what, because we don't, you know, obviously we don't know what Bundy's schedule is as we move forward, but. Um, I thought somebody was asking me uh, recently to tell me, you know, they were t asking for some great hockey stories. And one that just dawned on me as we were just talking about the Zherdev one was, and this is before like Bundy and I even really had like a, a, any kind of like really good relationship. But I had written a story. It was one of those stupid mid-season report card stories. And I think I gave Bundy like a C. 
right? I think I gave him a C grade as the, as the thing. So where we walk into the we – it's after a practice, and we walk into the locker room, and they used to have um, – Derek Sotomayor used to have these bins that they used to just throw their jerseys into the bins, right, uh, as they were getting off. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so all of a sudden I'm standing there by the bin, and I get smacked by a jersey. And I turn around, and it was Bundy's. And I knew he hit me on purpose. I knew he wasn't throwing it and just missed. And I, I turned around, and I looked at him, and he goes, a fucking C, Anthony. You gave me a fucking C. All the work I do out there, I got a fucking C. That was what I got. So I just remember that. That was a story that I remembered. And it was pretty – we had a good laugh, a good chuckle about it. Fucking at least worth a C plus, for God's sake. <laughs> I just thought See, of that. I didn't remember that. The things that you think bother you then, and then just now you reflect on them, you're like – God, how dumb was I to even think that it even bothered me, right? <laughs> I just remembered that story. I just thought, I just thought it, was, it was pretty funny. So That's good. That's yeah. good. Anyway, we can, ra- good we can wrap you. it up I now. bet you stayed on your feet, too. You know, So that's good. I thought you were going to say he dunked you into the, uh, <laughs> no. into the jersey. That, that would have been great. That would have been great. That would have been following week. That didn't been... get to that one yet. <laughs> that that would have been awesome. All right. Anybody else have a story before we go? I tried to wrap this, Anthony. Sorry. Good? That, yeah. Everybody good. Good? good. Wrap that's it up, okay. that, was, that was a good story. That was a good story. All right. Again, follow, subscribe. We'll talk to you next week. Remember, hands-free too. You can ask your S-I-R-I or G-O-O-G-L-E or A-L-E-X-A to play the newest episode of Snow the Goalie Flyers podcast. And bingo, bango, bongo, you're there. So for Ant, for Bundy, I'm Russ. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.